Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Psalm 126, if you have a Bible with you this morning, <clears throat> Psalm 126, it's a, just a short uh, psalm. Let me read all six verses. <clears throat> the Bible says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. <clears throat> then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things whereof we, for uh, let the Lord done great things for us whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Our Father, we thank you for this 45th anniversary service. I thank you personally, Lord, for the great privilege that I have to be able to be, have a part in this, uh, this day. Thank you, Father, for what you've done these 45 years at Liberty Baptist Church here in this area. And God, we acknowledge, and, uh, we acknowledge today that it wasn't us, it was you. Lord, you've blessed this church. You've had your hand upon this ministry for all of these years. And Father, we have complete confidence that you'll continue to bless this church and continue to have your hand upon this ministry. You didn't bring us this far to stop now. And Lord, we pray that you might just continue to bless, give pastor great wisdom, bless his staff, his family, Lord, the dear people that are part of this church. And God, may uh, you just continue to do wonderful things here at Liberty. We ask that you'd meet with us today now in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 126 expresses the themes of redemption, joy, and gratitude. This psalm was written upon the return of the Israelites from Babylonian captivity. Notice in verse 1, when they came back from captivity out of Babylon, it was, they were so thrilled. It was something so wonderful. They felt as if it was a dream. It says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Uh, they look back on those 70 years of Babylonian cruelty and, and captivity, and now they, they couldn't believe that God had finally brought them out of Babylon back to Jerusalem. But if you look at the grammatical structure of this psalm, you see that this psalm would suggest they're not talking about just what they were looking back at, but they're also that they're thinking of not only the past deliverance that God just gave them, but they're looking at future deliverance as well. Because if you drop down to verse 4, well, verse 3, let's get started there. The Lord has done great things. So this is a reference to bringing them out of captivity. But then look at verse 4. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They've already returned from Babylon, and yet now they're talking about future deliverance as well, for future blessings as well. Today's the 45th anniversary of our church, and an anniversary is the day when we come together and we celebrate an important event. My wife and I, Gail and I, have been blessed to celebrate our anniversary, our wedding anniversary, 49 different times through the years. We've been married 49 and a half years. And so 49 different times, uh, we have been able to maybe get away for, uh, go out to dinner or get away for a few days and, and to think about what God has done for us and to, and to thank Him for our wedding and for our, our family and to thank Him for what he, how He's blessed us. But we don't just 
get together and talk about the past, we also look forward to the future. We're excited about the next 49 years and uh, what God's going to do for us in the future for, as we continue on for the next 49 years, Lord willing. <clears throat> my, you say, well, you really think you're going to be around that long? I, I don't know, but my, my goal, my goal is to never die. So far, so good. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future, but I'm, I'm planning to make it to the rapture. That's the goal, and uh, we'll see whether or not that happens or not. But this morning in the 9 o'clock hour, we were blessed to hear from two of the men that God has used greatly in our, in our ministry here, Danny Thomas and Rob Watkins. And uh, we, we heard from them and I had the privilege of uh, going back and looking at the past. But this morning, I'd like to take my time now in the 10 o'clock hour to think not about the past so much, but about the future. I thank God for our past, but we don't want to live uh, in the past. Our greatest days are still ahead. So in our text, the, the writer is asking God to grant deliverances for the future as well. He thanks them for the past, and then verse 4 says, Turn again our captivity, O Lord. Let's do it again, should we need it in the future as well. Now, but if you go on down to verses 5 and 6, after they, he, he starts off by thanking God for what he's done in the past and, and uh, talking about how they, they were so filled with joy and laughter, and it was like a dream that they were now uh, delivered from, from Babylonian captivity. And then he says, uh, and Lord, would you do it again for us in the future? But then look at verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Talking about the fact that as we go forth, sowing that precious seed of the Word of God, leading people to Christ, and, uh, and going through the difficulties and trials and whatever they might be, having compassion, weeping over people, and that we will have the promise to be able to bring those sheaves with us as we see people saved. Now, I believe that this is God's formula for harvest. The formula for harvest is what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes this morning. I believe here's the formula, going and weeping, sowing and reaping. Going and weeping, sowing and reaping. If you think about the history of liberty and what we talked about during the nine o'clock hour, I think we could say that we can sum up those, these past 45 years really with those four words. Um, going, weeping, sowing and reaping. The history of our church is that as we continued to go, as we continued to sow the seed, as we sometimes had to weep, we were able to come again with rejoicing, reaping the harvest. Not only is this a formula for the history, but I think it's the formula for the future. It's the path for our future as well. Going and weeping, sowing and reaping. You see, the church is not a building. It's not these buildings, these beautiful buildings that God has graciously given us uh, that, that make up the church. It's the people. It's really not, it's not, uh, it's not hyperbole, it's not, it's not uh, impractical, it's not exaggeration to say that really each one of us as a member of the church holds in a sense the future of liberty in our own hands. This morning, I want to give you just two practical thoughts. Uh, normally, I would uh, be like all other preachers and have at least three points, but um, we had a lot of music today, and so pastor told me to cut it down to two. <clears throat> One and a half if you can. He did not say that. He told me, just go ahead and have complete freedom. We're, we're not worried about the time. We know it's a special day. By the way, I listen to your pastor's sermons. Your pastor, my pastor too. I listen to our pastor's sermons online as I'm not that faithful in being here, as he mentioned. Um, and uh, 
You know, he doesn't stick to that three-point three rule, brother. <laughs> He'll come up with seven points. <laughs> I'm thinking, where's he getting all those points? <laughs> but the good part is they're all good. Uh, we've got one of the finest, uh, finest preachers that I know of in the world uh, that right here at Liberty Baptist Church. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the preaching of our pastor. But, but uh, two thoughts tonight, two thoughts this morning. Number one, just practical thoughts. Number one, each of us must make sure of our own salvation. We think about holding the future in our hands. Every single person in this church needs to make sure of our own salvation before we can hope to bring others to Christ. Number two, we need to determine to stay faithful to Christ throughout all the seasons of life. So first thought, it begins with salvation. For the church to truly be the church, it has to be comprised of people who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ and born into God's family, and then afterwards they were baptized into the fellowship of the church. Each of us should search our hearts this morning and make sure that we've been saved by the grace of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and here's what he said, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. And so Paul writes to the early church in Corinth and says, make sure you're saved. Make sure that you've been born again. Now, he's not trying to cause doubt about their salvation. He's simply saying that, that, um, that we need to make sure that we understand that, that, that Christianity is not just a religion. It's not just going to church. Make sure that you've been born again. A few weeks ago, I received this message through social media from a lady in the United Arab Emirates. A lady from the UAE just a couple of weeks ago sent me this text message through Facebook Messenger. Here's what it says. I read it, I read it to you. She said this, Pastor Tomlinson, two days ago, I was sharing with someone the sermon that brought me to Jesus 13 years ago. So a couple of days ago, I was telling somebody about the sermon that brought me to Jesus. It was your message at Liberty entitled, The Assurance of Salvation. Thank you for clearly explaining the necessity of the gospel. Think about that. God brought this couple from around the world into this very auditorium, perhaps sitting in the very pew that you're sitting in this morning. And 13 years ago, this couple came from around the world and they, they came in here and God brought them here for the purpose of making sure that they understood salvation and getting their salvation settled. God brought this dear couple here because he loves them and he wanted them to hear the gospel clearly and to understand that you must be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. Why is it imperative? Because you must be born again. Jesus said if you're not born again, you'll never get close enough to heaven to even look at it. You must be born again. Thirteen years ago, in this very auditorium, perhaps this morning, God brought you here for that very same reason. God brought you here because He wanted you to understand you must be born again. It's more than just going to church. It's more than just being religious. It's more than just believing in God. You must be born again. If you have a doubt in your mind this morning about whether or not you've been born into God's family and kingdom, I beg you, get it settled today. The new birth is something that you must have. Get it settled. If you're not sure, if you're here th thinking, well, you know, I think I'm saved. I, I believe I I'm probably am. I've been raised in a Christian home. I'm a good person. I believe in God. Uh, that's not enough. Jesus said you must be born again. 
There needs to be a time and a place in your life when you came to Christ and you realized you were a sinner. You were on your way to hell. You could not forgive your own sins. There was nothing good that you had to offer to God. And you came to Christ and you received him and called upon him and asked him to come into your heart and be your savior. You must be born again. Get that settled this morning. But, but listen to this. The new birth, salvation in Christ, it's just the beginning of eternal life. It's not the ending. 2 Peter 3.18 says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. God wants you not only to be saved, He wants you to grow in your Christian life and your walk with Him. In order to grow, we must grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We must not ignore the basics of the Christian life. Growth in Christ. I'm talking about Bible study. I'm talking about prayer, church attendance, forgiveness in your, own, in your own life, forgiving those who hurt you, learning to give, learning to share with those who are less fortunate, learning to control your anger and your temper, allowing the Holy Spirit to control your life. These are the basics of the Christian life. Now, as you grow in those basics of the Christian life, God then produces in your life what is called in the Bible the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are the evidences that God is at work in your life. In our life, in each of our lives, there should be evidence, not perfection, not perfection, but evidence that God is working in your life. There should be, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. There should be more love in your life than before as you grow in love and you grow in your knowledge of Christ. Love, joy, peace. Boy, those are things that, that I didn't have as a new Christian. I didn't get saved till I was 20 years old. And, uh, and, and I just, I didn't have a lot of love and joy and peace. I, I dropped out of high school when I was 16, joined the army at 17 up in Northern California, went to Vietnam at 18, spent two tours in Vietnam with the 75th Rangers, came back at the age of 19 and got saved when I was 20. And there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of love and joy and peace in my life. And I had to begin, but I got saved and God began to work in my life. And, and he, that's what he, he'll do in yours as well. As you, as you grow in grace, God produces the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faith. One of the purposes of the church, of Liberty Baptist Church, is to help you to grow in grace. Can I say to you, I, I got saved at the age of 20. I'm, I'm 71 now. Now, remember, I, I dropped out of high school. I'm not good at math. I think I've been... I'm 71 and 20, it was at least 30, 30 years or so. Uh, 51 years I've been saved. And in 50 years of, of, of trying to walk with God, when I say to you, I've never known of anybody who really grows in grace and yet ignores the church. I, I, I don't know of anybody. Maybe there is somebody like that. But I'm going to say this to you, you need the church. You will never outgrow your need to be actively involved in a local church. Uh, the church needs you, and you need the church as well. Don't make the mistake of, of ignoring the church. So the first thing I would say to us today, as we think about this formula for, for harvest and going forward, um, make sure that you're saved. You're doing what's necessary to grow in your Christian life. Number two, we need to determine to stay faithful to Christ throughout all the seasons of life. Go back again now to our text in verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with, with rejoicing. He speaks of rejoicing. He speaks of uh, laughter. He speaks of singing. He speaks of joy. But he also speaks of, of weeping and labor. You see, the psalmist is acknowledging that future deliverances 
while, 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 while acknowledging that God, he believes God will give those, he's acknowledging that there may be times of heartbreak and difficulty. No one's promised a life of ease. Just because you're saved, because you know Christ is your Savior, God, God is your Father, um, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a problem in your life. We live in a sin-cursed world, and problems come into people's lives. God uses those problems in order to develop us and make us what God wants us to be. Sometimes there's going to be some weeping. There may be some heartache. There are few men in the history of our church that have shed more tears for liberty than Danny has, Danny Thomas. Pastor alluded to that, that illustration that we used a little while ago. Um, what that illustration was, was this. I became pastor here in 1990, and I'd been here for maybe two years or so. And things were not turning around. Um, we, new people were coming in, but old people were leaving. So it was just this constant, you know, revolving door. People were being saved. They were staying, but, but other people that were, were leaving. And uh, it was just a very, a very difficult time, a time of instability in the church. I was totally discouraged. I was ready to quit. I didn't see any way out of the problems. The finances, uh, the financial, finances improved some, but we were still, we still weren't getting ahead. We weren't getting to the point where, where we needed to be. Uh, the internal division, the loss of people, I took it personal. Every time, a ch every time someone leaves the church, left the church, I took it personal. I felt it was according, because of my personal failure. And uh, the devil worked on me, and, and I just, I was totally discouraged. I was ready to quit and go, go back to Northern California. I'd had a ministry prior to coming here, and, and I just wasn't accustomed to people leaving. I was accustomed to people coming and staying. And um, the criticisms and different things that were going on were standing outside there, as Pastor mentioned, out in front of the church, the old property. Danny and I were there, and I said, Danny, I just don't, I don't see how to fix this. In fact, I don't think this can be fixed. Uh, it's, it's like, a, it's like you, I feel like a doctor in a, in a hospital and the, the patient has, has a terminal cancer and it's all through the body and, 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 and we're not going to be able to heal him. And here's what he said, it changed my life, L literally changed my life. Danny said to me, Pastor, you, you may be right. It may be that liberty's not going to turn around. We're not going to make it. But a good doctor stays with the patient until the patient dies. And I'm telling you, God just worked on my heart. I was still discouraged. I was still, still disappointed. I still felt like a failure. But I went home and, and as I prayed, I said, God, I will stay with Liberty until she dies or she turns around and we start going back up again. I will stay here as long as you want me to be here. I came here on the 14th anniversary and on the 50, uh, 25 years later on the, on the uh, 39th anniversary, I stood right here in this pulpit and I said to our people that were here back then, I knew 25 years ago when I came here that God wanted me here. And I'm telling you today, I know just as sure that God wants me to leave. And I believe that Ryan Thompson is the man that should pastor this church. You remember we put his picture up on the screen and his family. And so we've met with our, I met with our deacons, I met with our staff. We believe this is the man that God wants to come to liberty. He's, he's, the next, he's what you need for the next 25 years. Um, there are times 
when things are going well. Right now, there's a season of tremendous blessing at Liberty. It's a season of sowing and reaping. But God's word and church history tells us that seasons sometimes change. We don't stay in those seasons in one season forever. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. When Jesus gave you the invitation to follow him, he was not talking about a a call for for a short-term missions trip. He was talking about for eternity. When my father joined the army in World War II to fight against fascism, here's what they, they did. I said, Dad, when you, when you went into the army, what kind of a length was it? And he said, son, when you joined the army in World War II, you went into the army, the agreement was until the war's finished, plus six months. So we didn't know how long we were going to be when we went into the army. We just knew we had to fight uh, the Nazis, and we had to win the war, and then we had to stay for at least another six months. When I joined the army during the Vietnam War to fight against communism, it was for three years. But my friend, when we signed up to follow Jesus, there was no expiration date. Jesus didn't say, I want you to follow me until we win the battle and then stay another six months. He just said, you're in. Fight the good fight of faith. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. You remember in John chapter 6, we won't take the time to turn there, but but multitudes of people were following Jesus. And, 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 and I mean, the, the multitudes were following him. And then things got a little bit difficult. And he began to teach some things that, that people were offended by. And the Bible says in John 6, 66, that at that time, many of his disciples turned back and walked with him no more. They, they turned their back on him. They left. They said, we're, we're, we didn't sign up for this. We're not, we're, we're not going to stay. We loved it when you were feeding, uh, feeding the, the thousands, when you're turning water into wine, when you're, turning the, the, you're, you're, you're multiplying the, the, the bread and the fish. We loved it when you're talking to us about all of the good things and about heaven and, and all of those things. But now you're talking to us about some things we don't want to hear. And they left. You know what Jesus did? He turned to his 12 disciples and here's what he said. Will you, will you also leave? He didn't change anything. He didn't say, look, guys, if you'll stay with me, we'll, I'll ease up a little bit. He just said, what's it going to be? You staying or leaving? Wilt thou also go away? And Simon Peter, who made so many mistakes and said so many things wrong, man, this time he knocked it out of the park. He said, where would we go? Thou only hast the words of eternal life. My friend, nobody's ever going to give you eternal life except Jesus Christ. And when you make that commitment to Christ, just realize you're in, you're in for eternity. You're in, you're in all the way through. You know what, what Peter was saying? Lord, in season, out of season, we're here. We're yours. You've saved us. You've given us something nobody else could ever give us, eternal life. You've filled up that emptiness in our heart. And In season, out of season, good, bad, we're going to follow you. 
Sometimes the sunshine of God's blessings will shine brightly upon your life and ministry. Other times God in his love and wisdom allows the storm clouds of hardship and discouragement to roll into our lives. And he has a reason, but, but only he knows those reasons. The songwriter and Baptist preacher Mose Lister wrote the words of that song we sang a few moments ago in the dark of the midnight. Have I often hid my face while the storm howls above me and there's no hiding place? Many times Satan whispered, there's no need to try. There's no end of sorrow. There's no hope by and by. But I know that thou art with me and tomorrow I'll rise where the storm never darkens the skies till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast. Let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. If God, if, if there was anything at all that God taught me in 25 years of being blessed to be here at Liberty, it's this, it's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. There's always hope. The church of Jesus Christ must stay on mission. We keep going. We keep weeping. We keep sowing. We keep reaping. We keep bringing those sheaves with us. Those 25 years at Liberty also prepared me for the ministry I have now. Working with people in countries where persecution is commonplace. Many of those 88 pastors and many of their church members as well that Pastor mentioned earlier that we, we have the privilege of helping to plant churches in 19 different uh, difficult, religious, religiously difficult, restricted access nations. Many of them have been in prison almost daily. And, it, and it's, increased, it's increased the last year and a half. Almost every day I receive emails or text messages from, from pastors in other countries asking me for prayer, telling me of police raids, interrogations, churches being closed. In Myanmar, what we call Burma, in the country of Myanmar, Christians are being, and not just there, but, but, but I, I, I'm in touch with guys in Myanmar, so I know it more. But right now in Myanmar, Christians are being killed every day. You think about that daily. Today, God's people in Myanmar, some of them will be killed. Not only Myanmar, Pakistan, all, all, all over the world, people are being, are being martyred for Christ. What are our brothers and sisters that I'm hearing from on a weekly basis? What are they supposed to do? I'm talking about those in Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, Vietnam, Myanmar, Laos, China, Egypt, Iraq, dozens of other places. What, what are they doing? Here's what they're doing. They're going and they're weeping. They're sowing and they're reaping. They're just staying focused on target. I hope and pray that persecution does not come to America, but what if it does? We need to already know what we're going to do. If persecution comes to us, we need to be determined by the grace of God. We're just going to keep on going and weeping, sowing and reaping. We're just going to keep on being faithful to God. That's the formula for harvest. Again, Jesus said in Revelation 2.10, Be thou faithful unto death. I will give you the crown of life. I believe with all of my heart the greatest days of this church are yet ahead. They're still in the future. 
You have everything you need to greatly impact this area and the world for Christ. But we need to follow the formula. Stay on track, stay on target. Going and weeping, sowing and reaping. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.